0: On Midwest Week, a look at results from this week's primary election in Illinois. I'm Herb Tricks, and my guest this week is Alex Degman, State House reporter for Illinois Public Radio. So the main statewide race was for governor, and how well did Darren Bailey do and what do experts say about why he won this year, Alex?
1: Darren Bailey won by a lot. I think the I think he won by forty to forty one points or something like that. And While it was becoming clear a few weeks ago that Darren Bailey was starting to pull ahead of the so called establishment candidate Richard Irvin and really the rest of the pack, I don't know that anybody thought that Darren Bailey was going to win by 40 points. And there was, at least in my estimation, there was a reason for that. Um, There seems to be a little bit of, I don't necessarily know if I'm going to call it a sea change, but there seems to be something changing in Illinois politics. The standard convention, at least as long as I've been around, has been, you know, Republicans, at least recently, don't fare well statewide. So how do we get a Republican in office? Well, let's get somebody electable in there. And this year, the establishment thought that that would be possibly Richard Urban, a suburban mayor who, you know, he's been around for a while. He has bona fides and he's able to work with both with both sides and the establishment kind of rallied around him. Well, Republican voters, I don't think they want to do that anymore. I think they want to come out in the primary and elect somebody that they actually want to vote for now and then maybe perhaps do the work to get them into office. It's going to be an uphill battle, but I think that's the primary result, at least in
0: the governor's race, showed you. It seemed seemed interesting to me because there was a lot of money behind Mr. Irvin, and he didn't do that well. And then there was a lot of money behind Mr. Bailey, and it turned out that he did well. So, I mean, is there any lesson there, Alex, or just not at all?
1: Well, there might be a lesson in you can have money, but it really depends on how you use it. Because a lot of political watchers were questioning some of Urban's early strategies. Some of his early ad campaigns tried to paint this downstate, very clearly Republican senator, as a Democrat and didn't work. I, I think people saw right through that. The the main thing that uh, I think the opponents of Darren Bailey were trying to hammer first was he pulled a Democratic ballot in two thousand eight, and you know that was that was a big thing. He had to answer for that quite a bit. But what Darren Bailey was able to do was say, you know what, I did that because of this so-called Operation Chaos thing that a conservative talk show host put together in two thousand eight, two thousand nine. But because Richard Irvin wasn't around in the Republican Party back then, he, he didn't know about that. so of course he would of course he would think I'm a Democrat. So yeah, it, it didn't it didn't really work. And then eventually you uh, saw weeks later, the Irvin campus completely stopped advertising in downstate Illinois altogether, choosing to focus instead on Chicago and the suburbs. But by then, it was probably a little bit
0: too little too late. Do you think the endorsement by former President Trump just before the primary made a difference, or Bailey was leading before that anyway?
1: Well, Bailey was definitely leading before that anyway, um, because President Trump did not give Bailey his endorsement until uh, a couple of days before the primary, the same day that he came to Illinois to uh, stump for Congresswoman Mary Miller. So it was pretty clear to Illinois voters that Darren Bailey best aligned with Trump and Trump's values. But I think the fact that Trump actually came and took Darren Bailey on stage with him probably pushed it even more over the edge. I don't know that Darren Bailey would have won by 40 to 41 points had Trump not come, but he still would have, I think, easily won.
0: And what do we know, Alex, about the help from Democrats for the Bailey campaign? There was uh, some talk about that, too.
1: Yeah, the Democrats, or particularly the Democratic Governors Association, and I guess by proxy, uh, Illinois Governor J.B. Pritzker put a lot of money into the Republican primary. We're talking more than $30 million. And their strategy here, was to prop up Bailey as the candidate for conservative voters. They started running a bunch of advertising against Richard Irvin, uh, basically calling out his conservative credentials. For example, if you if you supposedly have a tough on crime stance, a tough on crime platform, why were you proud of your work as a criminal defense attorney for all those years? And you know why did you work hand in hand with maybe Pritzker during the early stages of the pandemic and give him so much praise. Why did you, you know, do this and do that? And it I, I, I think that resonated a little bit because as you saw, as the primary continued to go on, um, Urban continued or the, the primary season continued to go on, Urban continued to fall a little bit further back in the polls, and then all of a sudden it was just all of a sudden Bailey was
0: ahead and that was it. And it, does it seem like the Democratic leadership is thinking that Bailey would be the weakest candidate to run against JB Pritzker?
1: Yeah, that's the that's the standard knowledge, I think, and, and mm-hmm. that's just how Illinois politics in general has worked for <laughs> decades. Um, if you have a candidate like State Senator Darren Bailey, who is from Southern Illinois, has very conservative views of uh, what many consider to be too far right for Illinois. Politics in this state would say he's unelectable. Uh, People in the suburbs and people in Chicago aren't going to respond to that style of politics. But I think that, again, like I said earlier, the tide is changing a little bit because Bailey did better than Richard Irvin in the suburbs. And Richard Irvin is from the suburbs, he's a suburban mayor. So, again, I think traditional conventional wisdom in Illinois politics is, you know, it's changing. So will that translate to a general election victory? It, it's, I, I mean, I don't think so, but it's going to be a much closer race. And I don't think the Democrats can afford to just uh, sit this one out.
0: Another key race uh, in the Illinois primary this week, Alex, was for Congress in the 15th district. Uh, who were the candidates and what, what can we learn from the results there?
1: Well, the two candidates were two incumbents. Mary Miller was uh, just off of her first term; she replaced John Shimkus in the 2020 election. And then you had Rodney Davis, who had been representing the 13th district for all of its uh, for all of its existence, basically. And he was seeking his sixth term. Um, this was essentially a contest to see who was the most conservative and who was, I, I guess, who was Trump's favorite candidate. And Mary Miller got the nod, uh, and she actually got the nod from Trump back in January. So this, was, this this didn't come as a surprise. But the race eventually turned into, it, it turned into, like I said, who supports Trump more? Uh, Mary Miller got the nod because she is a member of, she's a, basically a far-right candidate, kind of like Trump is. She is a member of the House Freedom Caucus, and she uh, actually had... Congresswoman Lauren Boebert of Colorado come to her rally on Saturday to help to help her campaign. She's had Marjorie Taylor Greene come to Illinois on her behalf. So that's the kind of person that she is. And then she's Rodney Davis, who for all intents and purposes is the so-called establishment candidate. He's been there for a while. He's in good with party leaders. He's, he was on the cusp of getting a lot of leadership positions. And Mary Miller's campaign centered around the fact that he's a, he's a rhino. He's a Republican in name only. He's a part of the swamp and President Trump says we don't need that anymore. We need more candidates like Miller. So um, that resonated. That resonated with a lot of people because, as a WBEZ sometimes poll found a few weeks ago, uh, President Trump is still very popular among Illinois voters. And while I do think that Miller had a good shot to win this district anyway, again, the Trump nod definitely pushed her over the edge. And you could talk to people around the rally, pretty much anybody at the rally on Saturday, and they'll tell you, yeah, I like Mary, but what, why I'm really voting for her is because that is Trump's candidate, and I want Trump
0: candidates in office. And one of the other major statewide races in the primary election was for Secretary of State, and uh, that was mainly among Democrats. And who's the who's the nominee going to be this time?
1: Well, the nominee for the Democrats for Secretary of State is Alexi Jr. You know, I remember him. He was a uh, Pretty prolific in Illinois politics back in the, I, I guess I'll call it the late aughts, 2007 to 2011 is when he was state treasurer. Uh, ran an unsuccessful campaign for the Senate, but he is uh, he's back, and he beat Anna Valencia in what was a, it was a pretty contentious race. So there was some negative advertising thrown about, and there were some accusations thrown on both sides. But elected Julius will take on Dan Brady. He's the Republican nominee or state representative Dan Brady went up against uh, John Milheiser, a former Sangamon County state's attorney, and John Milheiser was the preferred candidate of Ken Griffin, who also was the major financier behind Richard Urban. So, again, another candidate of uh, Ken Griffin's that did not fare very well.